You're listening to the Empowered Parent Podcast with Ryan and Kayla North, hosted by Chris Turner, a One Big Happy Home production. This podcast equips parents to empower their children and build healthy relationships throughout the home in order to see lasting change and thrive as a family. This is for families of all kinds, especially those who are parenting kids through adoption, foster care, kinship care, or in the process. This podcast is a trust-based, trauma-informed, connected parenting resource. To learn more, visit OneBigHappyHome.com. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. Joining me once again are Ryan and Kayla North. Hi, guys. Hey, Chris. Hello, Christopher. So we've been talking about behaviors, especially those really challenging ones that we see lots of times from kids from hard places. And I don't know about you guys, but especially uh, with one of our children in particular, where we saw lots of those challenging behaviors was in the area of transitions, especially when we have to do something, stop doing something that they're really enjoying and go do something else. And meltdown city, here we come, right? So I thought maybe, you know, we're not alone in that little regard. For and sure. so, <laughs> right. So I thought we could, you know, talk about transitions, how we can uh, manage those better, and help our kids learn how to manage those better. Well, okay. So there's there's a couple of things that I think that, that to 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 sort of frame the the conversation contextually, and one of them is um, is is maybe answering the questions: Why are transitions hard for our children? Right? Mm. Because um, yeah. because transitions, um, especially if we don't create, because especially those transitions come without any warning. Right. Uh, and, we'll, and, and we'll, and we'll get to the, the, how to manage transitions. Well, part of, part of the discussion here in a bit, but, but it's that lack of predictability, um, that is, that is troubling to them because I think sometimes uh, we forget, particularly kids have ended up in the system and then we may be adopted by a family um, or their foster placement in your home right now, I think sometimes we forget that they had to, um, had to undergo an enormous transition. And that is that one day they lived in the home, they were the family they were born into, and then somebody they don't know came and got them and drove them across mm-hmm. town to a complete stranger's house. That's an enormous transition. And so, you know, transitions are, are scary. And it came without warning. Yeah. yeah, I mean, transitions are scary, right? Uh, and, and sometimes we just go, oh, well, they're inflexible. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but that is real reductionist, and it's certainly not going to help us get to the solution here at all. Yeah, I think, um, well, and I think we underestimate how how many transitions kids go through mm. in their life, you know? And, oh, we go through transitions, and we don't really even think about it, right? So we transition, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of your your daily living kind of transitions, right? We, we go from our nice, warm, comfy bed to, you know, where maybe our house is cold when we first get up, you know, and we have to get out of bed and we're like, Oh my gosh, it's cold, you know, or maybe we go from our bed to our shower, you know, where we're getting this sensory sensation, you know, whether good or bad, maybe you like that. Maybe you don't like it. You know, there's all these different transitions. We have to go outside. We have to get in the car. We have to go to school. We have to go wherever. And so there's all these transitions that are happening throughout the day. And we just kind of discount them as, 
well, this is just normal life. And I think if we have, a, you know, some predictability in that, those, those transitions aren't quite as hard. But for some of our kids, even the ones they know are coming are still really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we, we have to give them a, we have to give them a, a tool, like some, some way to transition from one thing to another. Like, so I had a mom that was, um, she said, okay, every time she was, they were watching a little show. She's got a, I think he's four, a four-year-old. And she said, you know, we would, it would be dinner time and then we'd let him watch his favorite little TV show. And then I would say, okay, it's time for, you know, um, it's time to go to bed right after we watched the TV show. So she said, inevitably he would like start hitting and throwing stuff. And she said, and we got to a place where we were like, okay, you know, you had to take like a deep breath before you would say it's time for bed because you knew the violence was going to ensue. And she said, and you had to make sure there was nothing heavy that he could grab because he was going to grab something and throw it. Mm-hmm. And she said, but I don't like that. And I want to figure out how to transition him from the TV show to bed and she said, but I don't know what to do. And I said, well, one of the things that I would suggest is give like a step down activity. Like you can't go from something he loves to something he doesn't want to do. You got to give something in between. And so she said, well, sometimes we read books. And I said, yeah, but he probably still associates books with bed because mm-hmm. it's probably books is the start of a bedtime routine. Right. So maybe you go from watching the little show to playing cars in your room or building blocks in your room. So you get him closer to where you want him to be. And for five minutes, you play something that doesn't have anything to do with bedtime. And then, oh, we're sitting on the floor. And then you grab a book and you're like, oh, let's read this book. And then you can transition a little. So it's a little bit, it's almost like the step down activity, something that's maybe not quite as fun as what you were just doing, but not Mm -hmm. nearly as boring as what you have to do, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, And I think that, especially for the younger kids or the developmentally younger kids, really helps them go, okay, well, that's not quite as bad. I mean, if you say like, stop playing video games, you have to do your homework, and they're like, ah, you know, but stop playing video games, it's time to have a snack. Then we do our homework, you know? So you you can step them down from something that's really fun to something that's needs to happen or maybe not quite as fun to then it doesn't have to be a long amount of time but if we can we can slowly step them down from that and she she the next time I talked to her she was like miracle worker that was like the secret ingredient for our evening she's like we haven't had that problem anymore and that was in the summertime and I've talked to her since then and she's like She's like, seriously, it was like it changed everything for our family. Mm. She said, they still have other struggles. It's not like that was the only struggle. That was just the one that was at the moment at the top of the list, you know. But that transition, just one simple little thing really helped transition to bed and made bedtime more peaceful. Yep. That's always been the biggest thing with with our kid who struggled with transitions when he was younger. that was the lesson that we had to learn was not so much a step down activity, but what really works with him just because the way his brain works was advanced notice. Mm-hmm. And the more advanced notice you could give the better, right? Yeah. Like if, if we were, we went someplace and we knew we couldn't be there long. We're telling him like on the way there, Hey, you know, we only have an hour here. Then we have to go to, you know, your practice yeah. or your brother's game or whatever the, you know, the next 
issue of the day was. And just, you know, kind of a gentle but continuous reminder, hey, buddy, we got to leave in 30 minutes, okay? So if you're going to, you know, do X, Y, Z, you know, you might want to go you know, do that now. And then, you know, 15 minutes and then a five-minute warning. And mm -hmm. once we kind of started getting ourselves into that habit mm -hmm. of helping, you know, giving him those advanced warnings, he was, started, he was able to manage those transitions better. Yes, we still had meltdowns, but they didn't come quite as frequently after a while. And there's still obviously disappointment, and that's where our, our empathy comes in, right? Look, buddy, I know you're disappointed that we have to, you know, stop what, you know, you have to stop playing your game or, you know, right. reading the book or whatever, but we do have to go do this other thing. And, hey, you know, we can play this again or read this, read some more of this tomorrow. And, yep. You know, well, it's setting that proper expectation, right? You've yeah. you've given them the expectation of we're only going to be here for an hour. We're only mm -hmm. going to get to do this five times. We're only going to get to, and you've kind of set that expectation up front so that you didn't have a kid who was like, well, man, I thought when we were going there, we were going to stay there all day. You yeah. know, you already set the expectation that we've got other things that we've got to do. That's And I think that's a great, you know way to help them have proper expectations. And even though there's might be some disappointment because it's still fun and they still have to move on, at least going into it, they already had that in the back of their brain. Yeah. Yeah. So if I can go back to something that you said before Chris told that story about, you know, um, with, with his kiddo, um, sometimes parents are confused why their meltdowns during transitions why why kids don't want to do something and particularly when it comes around food like yeah. dinner dinner time's a tough one for a lot of kiddos and we have folks we've worked with we've had this in our own home where 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 kiddos have come into our families and there's a history of neglect surrounding food where they have not had predictable and consistent access to food where they may have had to have, have hunted it down because nobody was taking care of them it's very very real and they and they have, they hoard food, they hide food, they take food, all those kinds of things. You know, you know the kiddo who who like gorges themselves. I mean, this is all these things. But mm -hmm. yet, when you say, "Hey, it's time for dinner," they kind of buck that a little bit. And then there's this issue. And then the parents um, don't manage it well because they're confused. Mm. Um, mm. Because why? Why? Why the kid? I mean, the food. This is good news for the child. The, the, my child's practically obsessed with food and getting food. And what <laughs> we don't consider is is we don't think about what we're asking them to transition from. Mm. Right? We have to yeah. step them down from things they really want to do because going from one thing you want to do to another thing you want to do is still problematic. But we only ever look at the destination that we're trying to go and we don't ever look at the starting point and we have to understand what we're asking them to move from because we only think about what we're asking them to move to. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that that sort of comes back to what, what you guys were saying is that, you know, you talked about expectations, Kayla, Chris, you talked about managing and that's, I mean, that's what this episode's titled, right? Managing transitions, because as the adults, as the parents, we have to manage those transitions for our children. They don't have the capacity to manage them themselves. And so we have to do it for them. Is that more work? Yes. Do we have to be paying attention? Yes. But that's what we signed up for when we said we wanted to be, to be parents, um, you know, what your ears here's one of the examples that that i've told to, you know we teach before and probably have told in this podcast but as you come into our house on the right hand side of the entry to our home is this really big basket um very creatively nicknamed the shoe basket <laughs> where everybody when they come into our home 
um, put their shoes uh, in the basket. But one thing I have noticed about children's shoes is that one shoe will stay. One shoe is a rule follower. It stays in the basket. The other shoe is slightly more adventurous. It meanders about the house. Uh, we found the other shoe under the couch, in another room, um, outside in the backyard, in the child's closet. And in the childhood shoe, it is a closet. Yeah, that's the dog. Yeah. Okay, and sometimes you found the shoe in a person's closet whose shoe it isn't, it isn't even or even isn't. I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. It doesn't belong to. It doesn't belong to. There we go. And so what I know is when we say, okay, we're going to, like, we're going to, um, to Kayla's parents on Friday night for dinner. And we'd say, hey, we're going to grandparents' house. It's time to go. Well, we would sound that alarm when we were young and inexperienced, wet behind the ears, as it were. We had to sound that alarm like as I was getting the car keys because it's time to go. Well, then we've got to go on the great shoe hunt of that week. <laughs> then once we found the shoes, then everybody doesn't have their favorite water bottle. And then we don't have enough ice cubes in our water bottle. Then we don't have the entourage of stuffed animals that travels with us because we have to well, make decisions. Well, and now we don't about- have masks. Right? Well, yeah, yeah but, but I'm just talking about how we learned, how we learned our lesson was uh, – and then, you know, then you've got to make it, you know, who's not traveling with the squad this week because we don't have enough room. And then, then all of that stuff. And it takes like not 30 children, minutes. Stuffed animals. <laughs> yes. That's, yes. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> the children are making decisions about, the about this stuff. The children all animals. get to go with us. We yes. Go. <laughs> Kayla and I would like to say emphatically that all the children get to go with us. Um, but all of that's going on, right? So what do we do? We can be frustrated about it. We can be yeah. grouchy by the time we arrive at grandma and grandpa's house because we've just not been speaking to each other on the way because we're frustrated. Or we can realize we have to leave at 6 o'clock and at 5.30 say, guys, it's time to go. Yeah. And then we leave Let's on time. Find your shoes. We have to <laughs> pay attention. Bottle. Yeah, and if you're going to yeah. manage transitions, you have to pay attention. You have yeah. to know what's going on and what are the triggers are and what's happening, all that stuff, because it's going to come back to the central theme of all we do. You have to be the world's leading expert in your child. There, there's no yeah. way around that. And if you well, don't want to be the world's leading expert in your child, you're going to struggle with a lot of these things because of that decision. And I think you also have to be an expert in yourself. Yes. Because if you know that you struggle with time management and like I'm sure uh, you guys would all point at me for that one. I am not the world's greatest. Now we don't like ha- I, you don't. But have now to. we don't have to, I, sweetheart, because you I, pointed at yourself. I did. I pointed at myself. So what I know about myself is that I'm not great at watching the clock. And so how I might know that we need to leave at 5.30, but I'll start a project at 5.20 because I think it'll only take me five minutes and it's really going to take me half an hour. So I'm not that great at making sure that I'm doing those things. So what I will do is I will set a timer. Now we have all of these echo dots all over our house, um, which are really helpful because I can set a timer and I can name that timer. And that way I can pay attention, but I can also have that little reminder. I can also set it on my phone. I can, I mean, we have all this technology. And so if we know ourselves, and we know First, we know that our kids are going to take forever to get out the door for whatever activity. Yep. Then we know we need to start early. Or if we know that our kids are going to, you know, need some extra time, maybe they're going to ask us for a compromise. Um, and we know that. 
and we want to be able to give them an opportunity to ask for a compromise or to use their voice um, and get a little extra time before we leave to finish whatever they're doing or let's say we're at the park and we know that they um, are going to want to play for an extra five minutes well then we tell them that we need to go five minutes before we actually need to go you know we give them an opportunity to use their voice because we pay attention to the clock and we make sure that we're not going oh shoot dance class starts in 10 minutes we have to go now and we're like running to the car that never goes well that always ends in disaster it always ends in mom yelling kids crying and you're late anyways because no matter what if we if we don't manage it well and we try and make those now is that to say that we never do that and our kids are going to be scarred for life if we have that moment where we're like hurry hurry we got to go now no they're not but the more we can give them the opportunity to have the time that they need to transition appropriately from one activity to the next without that rush rush hurry hurry we're running late the better it's going to be for all of us. I mean, we're going to we're going to not feel so frustrated with our kids. They're going to have the time they need to process the information. So they're going to be able to process, okay, we've got to leave in 5 minutes. I need to go slide 3 more times in that 5 minutes so that I can go. You know, I mean, they, it just it sets our kids up for success. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. We want to set our kids up for success versus setting them up for failure, which is what happens when we don't pay attention. In the interest of transparency, you said, and the next thing you know, mom's yelling and the kids are crying. I think that sometimes the next thing you know is that the kids are yelling and mom's crying. I mean, I, I think That's, we just have to be yes. com- completely honest Fair that both enough. of those things are <laughs> possible. Yes. But, but, but think about what, what you're saying. There's five minutes left, and in those five minutes, the kids get to slide three times. Well, now you're teaching your children how to actually estimate time because now your mm. kids are connecting mm-hmm. the dots at five times equals three more slides. Right, and yep. so now we're helping develop these skills in our kiddos, which I think are fun and exciting things. You know, that's kind of the, the last few episodes, including this one, has been about to some degree about how do we develop skills in our children because time mm-hmm. management is a great, great skill. Um, I, I can tell you from personal experience. Um, you know, it, it sometimes my wife wanting to start a project at five twenty when we go to leave at five forty five is really, really frustrating. And by sometimes, I mean all of the time. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is. I'll be like, because... are you sure you have enough time to do that? And I'm like, oh, it's only going to take five minutes. Oh, yeah. Like, five minutes, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, the, pro- the problem is, is, is my bride says, like, I, you know, I don't have any time estimating. She doesn't have any time estimating skills. I've got, like, Jedi Master level time estimating skills. Like, I can tell you what time it is within, like, two minutes of accuracy without having a watch. Right, yeah. I just which is th- really annoying for those of us that don't have time <laughs> management skills. Just in case you're wondering, I just sense these things, Turner. <laughs> mm. He'll be like, "We have to leave in ten minutes." I'm like, "Do you even know what time it is?" He's like, "Yeah, it's five twenty. And I'm like, "Oh, oh, yeah, it's five twenty. Actually, it's not three twenty. I thought it was hey. three o'clock. So, so we five twenty. So we've kind of, without like running a checklist, really hinted around. Uh, daily transitions, fun transitions, and major life transitions, I think is how we started that. But I think the one thing that we haven't really touched on is uh, is seasonal transitions. And the only reason I thought about that was because 
again, at the time of this recording, there's like five inches of snow in my front yard, <laughs> which is uh, you know, yeah. a, a, literally a once in a five year event. The last time we actually had snow that stuck on the ground here in Dallas, Fort Worth was five years ago. And so yeah. it was interesting to see the kids who were very excited and wanted to go play and build a snowman. But but for them to think about the seasonal attire that they needed to wear <laughs> to go out there, they were not thrilled about. Uh, they didn't want to yeah. do it, particularly our eight-year-old who who is always hot. Her, her, her core temperature runs a little high. Um, she, you know, she doesn't, you know, she, she'll run around like in shorts and a tank top. Uh, she thinks she could house. live in Antarctica with no problems yes. in shorts and a t-shirt, sure. you know. Mm -hmm. And then and then doesn't and doesn't connect like oh my gosh you can't go like that outside and so you know we've got to make sure that they've got gloves and hats and scarves and and layers and coats and the right footwear and all that kind of stuff they got in the snow and then you know they came inside and then um, and then they want to go back outside and she said I'm not wearing a scarf or a jacket and I said baby you need to because yep. it's like you know minus something with the wind chill out there yep. and she kind of pushed on it because she doesn't like how tight it is right and i think that sometimes when we when we move from uh winter clothing to, to summer because in texas we have summer ridiculously hot summer <laughs> mild weather three days of cold weather mild weather and summer like those are our seasons yeah. here in texas yeah and so for them to encounter extreme weather um, and the clothing that goes along with that, there was a little bit of the bucking of that today because of the seasonal thing. And I think that sometimes we we um, we um, we don't pay much attention to that, right? So so here's here's an example. Um, in my house, we have people who who always wear shoes, and it's a sensory thing because because she likes how that feels the the, the, the the tightness on her foot. We have people in our house who never wear shoes for the same reason, because they don't like the tightness on their foot, right? That's what my wife tells me. I don't like the way it feels. And so when you're transitioning from, I don't know, flip-flop weather to lace them up boot weather, and we've got kids who are really bucking that, we just, mm. again, assign they're being difficult and don't factor in. This may be a sensory issue for them, because transitioning from one season to another, transitioning from you know, a tank top to... A tank top, a t-shirt, a long sleeve shirt, a hoodie, and then a zip coat yeah. was probably unpleasant for my child today. Yeah. And that is, I think those seasonal transitions can catch us off guard, even though they happen every year at roughly the same time, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not just about clothes. That's the one thing that comes to mind first, but even that transition from like, you know, your, your winter break at school to... Um, back to school, you know, so you may be home over Christmas break and then they have to go back to school and that transition from like less structure to lots of structure can be really hard, right? Because typically yep. as much as I want my house to be nice and structured over the break time, it gets yep. a lot of loosey-goosey, right? Mm -hmm. It's a lot of we sleep in a little later, we go to bed a little later. There's a lot more flexibility, which we like but then it makes it hard when we have to get back to getting up at eight o'clock or get, mm -hmm. you know, getting, getting moving earlier and going to bed at a decent time. So even those kinds of seasonal transitions can be really hard for our kids. Um, and, you know, as we're getting coming up on spring break here pretty soon for most people, you know, spring break is going to be March or April. 
that even though it's only like a week typically we have like a week off it still gets us out of that routine and that kind of a you know and if if we're able to travel this year last year I think everybody's spring break uh, plans all got canceled so everybody ended up being at home but if there's you know some people are going to travel this year or go try and do something that transition back to school could be hard that transition back to that structure and so we I think we have to be mindful of that um, and help our kids get back into that routine, maybe a little more gently instead of Mm -hmm. like every night of the entire break, we stay up late until the night before school. And then we all of a sudden go to bed at eight o'clock, you know, that can be a really hard, you know, transition for our kids. Right. And the thing you you mentioned earlier about, you know, with seasonal transitions usually comes a clothing change. That was exactly on the lines that I was thinking earlier is that for, for our friends who live in parts of our country, and the world where they actually have, you know, what we typically think of as the four seasons, there is that straight up uh, clothing change. You know, you change mm-hmm. your, you literally yeah. do change your attire to, to uh, accommodate for the different weather patterns. And, you know, my, my friends up in, in Wisconsin and Michigan and Minnesota who woke up today and it looked like they had been transported to the ice planet of Hoth, they're prepared for that because they've got those parkas and and the snow boots and because they're used to those the seasonal transitions and our kids are not and so we dealt with the exact same thing today with the kids wanting to go out and play with their friends and throw snowballs and all that kind of stuff was no 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 you can't go just yet we got to add another layer you know we don't have that big thick heavy coat you know for winter because this doesn't happen that often, and yeah, right. it's it was it was a battle. But then once they were out there and they came back in and they wanted to go back out again, <laughs> it was kind of like, oh, that's why mom and oh, dad yeah. went through all that trouble. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, you you do get those wins. They do pick it up after a time. It may just be that we have to just you know keep plugging along. And yeah. Amen. Amen. Hang in there. Yep. If you get nothing out of this con- out of this episode remember how turner ended it hang in there <laughs> do not give up oh my gosh yeah because it uh, transitions are just hard i think mm. we just we just we discount how hard they are because mm. as adults we we're used to them yeah. right um we're used to transitions we're used to um moving from one thing to the other and while we might not like it we're adults and we just do it you know like no i don't want to get out of my jammies and actually you know like put on normal pants so that i can go to the store but i do it anyways you know that's a transition that i will make but our kids they don't have grown-up brains and they don't have the ability to just go well i'm just gonna do it they will get there eventually but it just doesn't happen as fast as we would like for it to happen and it can get kind of frustrating so if you're frustrated we are here for you please (laughs) send us an email let us know what's frustrated you we'll put chris's cell phone number in the show notes no don't do that we share enough of our frustrations though we know that you know we're all sharing those things together it may just look different from family to family and so if we gave you some ideas or you need a better idea, feel free to reach out to us at info mm-hmm. at com. You can also hit us up in our Facebook group that we have just for podcast listeners. Now, we do have two of those, 
the first you can search for, the Empowered Parent Podcast community, and that's the big one. But we also have a much smaller Facebook group. And Kayla, could you tell our listeners about that one? Yeah, so we have a podcast group. It's our exclusive group just for our Patreon subscribers. So you can go to patreon.com slash empowered parent and you can uh, become a subscriber as little as $5 a month. Um, you can get access to that smaller Facebook group, a little more access to us. Um, for a little bit more, you can be part of our monthly live Q&As. We do those on Zoom. It's lots of fun to get to know some of our listeners from around the country, answer those questions. Um, and then we even have some subscribers that are um for a little bit more than that are getting monthly coaching calls with us and Ryan and I jump on the call with you and kind of work through what you're um, struggling with in your house. So it's been fun to get to know some more listeners that way too. And as always, if a friend has sent you this episode and you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so at any of the usual uh, locations. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Just search for the Empowered Parent Podcast and hit that old subscribe button. If you've enjoyed and gotten value from our show, we would appreciate a review in any of those locations. It really helps us uh, to get reviews because it, it boosts up the ratings. It makes us more accessible to more people when they go looking for help uh, from a podcast. Finally, the Empowered Parent Podcast is committed to helping parents of foster and adopted kids through connecting, correcting, and empowering principles. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>